0: This message was recorded at World Changes Church, Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Back home when we had rainy days like this, you just stay in bed. So I thank you for showing up again. But I'm going to talk to you about our new sermon series. It's about the power of purpose. Amen? Amen? And so we have a purpose life, meaning that we have meaning. We have a purpose to this life. And how many are looking for your purpose? Why am I here? Anybody ever asked that question? Don't be ashamed. I want to know why I'm here. And there's a revelation that I'm going to give to you today that explains that everybody wants purpose and meaning in life. Uh, And everyone wants to find it, but can I tell you that Jesus, that God has made it quite easy to understand and find. And before I had this revelation, I was hearing a message like this, Danny, and I I was hearing pastors say that, and I was like, well, cool, tell me. What is it? If it's so easy to find, tell me. And no one was ever telling me, just kind of like, be a good steward, but don't teach me how to save money. Be a good steward, but don't teach me how to do budgets. Show me my purpose, but don't tell me what it is. Is something that the body of Christ is needing evidence of. Because when I explain you to this to you today, you've been reconciled to God. That means reconnected to God. Amen? That's the first thing I want to put in your mind. I have been reconnected to God. Say that with me. I have been reconnected. That was good for a Tiger Woods golf clap or for a response, but let's do it like we had a cricket game. I have, been I have been reconnected. We're getting there, we're getting there. God has made the made us righteous and qualified the unqualified. In spite of our failings, in spite of who you are or where you're from, where you're from, Christ has done something magnificent in you. Amen. He's brought meaning. And truth to everything in life. that do you agree with that? Yes. So would you like to discover this ultimate purpose? Okay. See you guys later. (laughs) Would you like to discover this ultimate purpose? Okay, good. Because the revelation that I'm about to give you is radical and revealing. And I don't want to waste it on deaf and tired ears. I need you to get hungry this morning. You may have ate well. You may have maybe things didn't go your way. Or maybe you're thinking about something else. But right now in this moment, I need to speak spiritual hunger to you. You need to take what I'm giving you this morning like your life depends on it. Because if you've been walking around without purpose and meaning, you've been walking around without purpose and meaning. (laughs) amen it was like oh yeah so there's a reason for you to listen this morning because see purpose has been explained to be the pursuit of happiness now some of you have heard this Wednesday night but I promise you it's going to be different some people have been explained that purpose is the pursuit of happiness that the purpose and meaning of life is to be happy amen To to, to be happy. I I just think that my purpose is to be happy. A lot of us would agree with that. But let's go to Philippians 4, 12 and 13. Paul begins to write to us. You may have to flip to the black screen first. Paul begins to write to us in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. And he's beginning to explain, I know how to have and I know how to be without. I know how to be with and I know how to be without. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on in verse 13 and and says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Amen? Amen? Amen. Do you agree? So, but Paul said, because I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound, I know how to be full and I know how to be hungry. I also know how to be content in all things. Amen? Amen? Paul is not telling you that you need to be happy when you're without, nor is he telling you that you need to be happy when you're with. He's telling you that having or having not has nothing to do with your happiness. Amen. Amen. Amen? Because when you make the things of this world about your happiness, when you make the things of this world about your life, then the reality is God is something more distant than something close Amen? Amen. Philippians 4 and 12, let's start there first. Philippians 4 and 12. All right. I know how to be abased and live humbly and straighten circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation. I love the Amplified. I have learned the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in one. And then Paul says in verse 13, For I can do all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Amen? Yes. So first, what's in your bank account has nothing to do with Christ. Amen. Christ. I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm talking about you're already prosperous, and your bank account hadn't caught up with your Christ sufficiency yet. I'm going to say that again at some point in time in the message. The failure with most Christian is, is no matter their age or their economic, economic status, They live inside this thing called a personal bubble. We talked about this on Wednesday night. And they live inside this personal bubble that is developed by fear and bondage born out of self-preservation. Paul did not live in this bubble. Paul lived in his Christ bubble. He lived by the strength of Christ. His sufficiency was not of his own. His meaning, say it with me, his meaning was in Christ so if the word purpose means meaning then your first revelation is that Christ is in me and I am in Christ so as he is so am I in this world so the reality of my characteristic inside of my purpose life is I am to be like Christ well pastor you done lost me right there that's virtually impossible No, it's not possible when you look at Christ infuses his power on the inside of you, and you are self-sufficient through Christ's sufficiency. Amen. Amen? Amen? So if you're walking in lack, it's because you're walking in self. When you're trying to find meaning inside of your personal bubble, when you're trying to find meaning in how the people around you in the fame and image of Kyle or fame and image of self, you, you, you're, the fluctuation of people's opinion is going up and down. One, have you ever had somebody like you one day and hate you the next? I have it all the time. I'm a pastor, y'all. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Because when you speak truth, Paul said, don't hate me now because I tell you the truth. I'm only telling you that your meaning is not in the opinion of others or in your opinion of you. Amen? There's two things you need to lose to get to Christ's sufficiency. You need to lose caring about the opinion of others and the opinion of yourself. Amen. The opinion of myself, praise God, I'm make a joke that I may not recover from because I'm, I'm going to fight to get you back for the next five minutes. I shaved my beard and the opinion of myself changed. <laughs> Y'all thought it was weird for you. I'd forgotten how round my face was. I was like, yep, there's the Jew in me right there. And my opinion changed. So much so that I was like, I don't really want to talk to anybody. And I got to get up in front of a crowd of folk. So I had to overcome what you would think about me, and I had to overcome what I would think about. Pastor, how does this go into the message? I don't know. I'm just finding a way to get over myself. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for letting me real quick. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. But Albert Einstein said one thing. He said a life directed chiefly towards the fulfillment of personal desires will sooner or later always end up in bitter disappointment. A life directed chiefly towards the fulfillment of personal desires, the fulfillment of self, will sooner or later lead to bitter disappointment. Your purpose is not in how people react in what, to what you're doing. Amen? But isn't that how we live life? Well, why didn't they invite me? Why didn't they hire me? Why didn't, why didn't they? Why didn't they when we don't even know or we forget who they are, but we hang on to the hurt? And the hurt becomes our meaning more than the help that Christ supplied. Amen? The hurt of what didn't happen for us and didn't add to our meaning becomes our meaning more than the help Christ supplied. So somebody hurts you and you're so focused on that hurt that you build expectations around every other encounter that you're not going to allow them to treat you this way. That is not the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to discover who you are in Christ and to stay that person no matter what. Amen. Amen. No matter of public opinion, personal opinion, or political opinion, it doesn't matter. The reality is you've got to know who you are in Christ and stay that person no matter what. That's the purpose of life. What happens when your bubble of happiness is burst by a boyfriend dumping you? I got dumped in high school, and it hurt. Amen? Amen. Uh, Anybody ever been through a bad breakup? Amen. Amen. And then you tried to get in another relationship, another relationship, and the first thing you said is, you remind me of. You're just like the five other people I've dated. Well, that's because you've built expectations on what people should be instead of what relationships should be. When you put parameters on who people are, you're already failing. But you need to put a parameter on what relationship should be, not the perfect match for you. I'm glad God didn't ever pick us up off of ChristianDating.com. He would have never qualified. Well, my God needs to meet my needs all the time. Well, he does. My God needs to answer when I call. I do, but you just can't hear me. We would just have all these parameters and purpose for God's purpose in our life other than who God is. Do you see where I'm heading, where I'm going this morning? What happens when your personal bubble is is, is, when you lose your job or when happiness, when you find out your best friend has something, some type of terminal, terminal illness? Well, we pray, yes, but this... kinds of difficult experiences are out of your control someone choosing to dump you is not your fault you losing your job is a shift inside the economic structure economic structure of that business that's not your fault you're not a bad person now you're not worthless just because you got let go amen your identity is not held in what happens to you your identity is held in who helps you and his name is Christ amen Amen. praise the Lord I don't know whether I should clap or cry I have no idea so when our bubble breaks what's left is stress grief and sadness anybody ever been depressed everybody anybody ever got sad because they didn't invite you out with them and you saw the pictures on social media and you couldn't be happy for them because you wasn't there are you no longer their friend because you didn't attend this event no, the meaning of friend is not held inside of absences of events. The meaning of friend is being present in a relationship. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I'm preaching something this morning. Everybody's like, I love it. See, I told them Wednesday, I know when I'm preaching a good message because you, you, you're pinned to your chair. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's just got you. I don't, I, see, I don't think good preaching anymore is the way you clap. I like loud uh, services, but when you're just pinned back like, "Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hurry up and get to the next point mm because I don't like talking about this right now. I'm comfortable with my little cookie of hurt. Can you just move on? You're in my cookie jar. (laughs) Amen? No, I'm not moving on because you won't get better until you realize the truth that sets you free from what you think about your purpose and meaning in life really is relationships fail because the wrong purpose is in that relationship Uh, I don't have too many small kids but I'll still so a lot a lot of relationships that come together out of lust All right, they don't usually have a long life because they were built on personal attraction but when the characters don't line up they don't know how to interact with each other other than lust Does that make sense So the relationship had the wrong purpose and the wrong activity in the first place and had the wrong meaning. Relationships are for companionship and partnership. That's why you have God. Amen? Is this good this morning? All right, I'm taking my time because i got to let you know. Praise Jesus. But living a life with your ultimate purpose in mind gives you a chance to live beyond your limitations. Um, you ever had somebody, Hazel, say, you got potential? That used to make me so angry. Someone would come pat me on the shoulder. Well, you just got so much potential, girl. Praise God. They didn't say girl to me, but praise God. You know, I have enough hair still to not get confused. Amen. But they'd come up and they'd pat me and, you know, you, you're, you got so much potential, young man. I used to get so mad until I realized what potential meant. All things possible. Anything is possible with where you currently sit and think. So when someone says there's potential, they're saying you're not so restricted, so bound up with personal theology of certain things in your life that you're still free to pursue the possibilities without limitations. Amen? So can I tell you, when you find your ultimate purpose, God says you can do all things. All things are possible to him who believes God. Amen? So you got potential this morning. Amen? You all got potential that there's no limitations in your life. You have no limitations on how you love, on how you sacrifice, or how you give to others. The only limitation that causes that is when you let past meaning of personal hurt define personal relationships that exist now in the present. The only thing that puts limitations on you is the limitations that are supplied by your hurt. Come on, somebody. Come on. Everybody's like, I can tell. Everybody's like, I wish you would. See, see, Yolanda, you talk about the golden gates and him appearing in the eastern sky. Well, I mean, we can get Peter up here. Bum, bum, bum. You know, it'd be good. But you start talking about let's get down to the real. Amen? Let's get down to what's going to solve the situations in your life so that you, you, anybody ever say, I'm just tired of this. It just keeps happening to me. Anybody? Come on! This is the only way I can get an amen right now. Anybody, I'm just, I just, I don't know why people just, uh, you know. Eventually, people just do this. Why? 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 Because your past hurts. Keep coming back. Your past perceptions keep coming back. Your past limitations keep coming back and defining your present with Christ. Amen. Get out of your personal bubble. Amen. Praise the Lord. He has something better for you. And now that I've laid that foundation, it's going to get good from here. So you can give the Lord a hand clap of praise. (laughs) He has something better for you. And I want to share with you this remarkable truth that many Christians miss. Many Christians walk around without purpose and meaning. Many Christians don't realize the first initial step to finding your purpose in life. Finding life's meaning of purpose is, is the secret to dealing with stress. Do you realize you wouldn't get stressed if you would quit putting yourself in the center of it all? The personal secret to finding meaning and, and purpose and, is freedom from anxiety and hopelessness that engulfs our everyday lives. They start talking about the world economy. We start wanting to pull money out of our bank accounts. They start talking about Ebola, and everybody goes starts buying cans and waters and stocking it up in their closets. Can I tell you that it doesn't matter what happens in this world? You're in the palm of Jesus' hand. You're in the palm of God's hand. <laughs> so purpose and meaning places you outside of your own self-centeredness and your perspective of others. You ever, been, you ever looked at a social media post? I'm talking to all y'all this morning. I'm preaching good this morning, Holy Ghost. Come on. I love it this morning. I'm sitting there like all y'all are just reeled back like, stop. No, I will not because it's time for us to get over it. <laughs> you ever looked at a social media post and you're like, I bet they're talking about me. They didn't say my name, but let me just put a little like and a little fire, 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 praise hands. Amen. Just to let them know that this doesn't bother me. No, none of y'all do that. No, 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 I'm the only one. No, you're all guilty. No, well, some of you are like, I don't even have social media. Well, good. Stop. Don't ever get it because it's just a downward spiral of opinion of others. Amen? So you got to realize that you're, I'm probably talking to more of the younger people, your purpose in life is not how many likes you get. Your purpose in life is not how many follows you have. That is a social media marketing plan that will only benefit better business and entrepreneurship to communicate your product. But it will never communicate your purpose properly until you know what it really is. Amen? Amen? Amen. So the real question I guess is forming in your mind is, so how do I find this purpose? How do I find this purpose that God has laid out before me that Paul so eloquently said is not in the have and the have not? How do I find this purpose? Well, the Bible reveals this to us. You have to first realize that personal purpose is not found in personal happiness. Personal purpose and personal happiness. Can I say to you that personal happiness is a byproduct of knowing your purpose? Amen? Because you experience joy, but joy passes. That's why we have to rejoice. You experience anger. You experience a wealth of emotions. But happiness can be lived in and be fulfilled through knowing who you are. Amen? Paul said, I am happy. I am content. Contentment is happiness, not settlement. Amen? Contentment is not, oh, well, I just settle for where my life is right now. Can I, Can you hear me this morning? Contentment is like, well, I just settle for. No contentment is being happy in every circumstance because you know who walks with you. Right. Right. Amen. 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 <laughs> so the Bible is a story of everything. It's the truth that tells us of Jesus Himself knew His purpose and fulfilled His purpose so that we could know ours. Amen. Amen. It's 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 about the desire for God to have His own children. And the Bible lays out this perfect story of God wanting children and creating humanity. And then humanity wanting its independence from God. Anybody ever said, Dad, I, just, I got it all figured out. I don't need your help anymore. Did you, Anybody ever reach that stage in your life? Well, because we looked at our creator and we, we all in humanity said, I just need my independence. I want to do it my way. Then the Bible tells us the story of how Jesus, the Son of God, is working us to bring us back to the family. You're looking at the Bible from a perspective of just finding a deity. And if you're just trying to find a deity, there's plenty of religions that will accommodate that. But if you want a father, can I talk to you about your father this morning? Amen. You need to realize that there's power in purpose when you realize your sonship. Your purpose first is to be reconciled back to God. Amen? The Bible is about how you personally have a very specific purpose in this universe. The purpose of life is not just about happiness, but to receive a revelation of sonship. Somebody shout sonship. Sonship. Sonship is you realizing that you're more than just a pet. You're more than just a servant. You're more than just this, that, and the third. You're more than a friend to God. You are called children of God. Praise God. Jesus came to reveal the most powerful name about God, and it's found in Romans 8 and 15. See, you wonder why your worship doesn't get as fired up as everybody else, because you're trying to work your worship to please God. You wonder why your prayer doesn't move God. It's because you're trying to work your prayer to please God. But when you realize the evidence of Romans 8 and 15 that clearly lays out for us, for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery, but to put you once under more more in bondage to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption the spirit producing sonship in the bliss in which we cry abba father father now in the greek that's translated to more than father it's not father father twice in the greek the word abba means daddy amen In the Greek, it means daddy. Go ahead and put the logo up, son. In the Greek, it means daddy. Amen? Somebody say daddy. Daddy. That's hard for some of you because maybe you didn't have a good dad or you had a great dad and you just don't want to put God in that place. Father is the ability to create. See, we have a lot of fathers, but that doesn't mean we have a lot of daddies. Fathers help in the production or the creation of something while daddies provide for something. In the revelation of this scripture, it's revealing to you that your first step to finding purpose is not trying to be a servant to God only or to be called to God for ministry only, but to find out you are called son. You are called daughter. You're more than a friend of God. See, I can change friends like changing clothes, but I can't change daddies. Amen? I can change friends like I do cars or what I choose to eat that day, but I can't change who my father is. Your first purpose in understanding the meaning of life is understand the position you take in the family of God, and it is sonship. Amen. That should, be, that should just be shaking some of you right now. Well, I don't want to see God. that, But, you know, the reason we don't want to put God in that place, because we just want a God. See, our daddy's got in, a, in the middle of our stuff and wants to tell us how to do stuff and wants to protect us and keep us. Our daddies provided for us. They gave us meals. Our daddies would spank us if we didn't eat our greens. At least my daddy did. Our daddy would make sure that we put in our bodies everything necessary for good health. I was thinking about my sons the other day when, when studying this message about God being our father and true sonship. I went into the room uh, where uh, Josiah, where's he at, where's Josiah at? I went into the room where Josiah was and I said, Josiah, uh, cut off the Xbox, it's time for bed. But dad was his first response. Now if you had a daddy like mine, but dad would be a good butt smack. But some of you got that. But then, but dad, and I said, uh, and then I looked at him and said, what son? He said, why? I said, son, because you got to get up tomorrow morning, and you got to go to school, and you got to learn, and you got some tests this week, and you need your rest. But dad, can I just stay up for five more minutes? No, because if you don't get your rest, you're not going to do well in school. Why? And it just kept going back and forth. So finally, we got to the revelation. It's because I'm daddy's son, and if you keep, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We got to the point that he understood I'm not sending him to bed to punish him. I'm not sending him to bed just because I want the TV. I'm not sending him. (laughs) Well, maybe sometimes. Um, But I'm sending him to bed because I am providing and protecting even in my direction. Because I know what's best for him. I know what's best because I've already lived this life. I've already seen a possible future through my own life and my past mistakes. But see, isn't it so much greater that we got a daddy in heaven when he says, don't do that, and we go, but dad. And he says, and he leads us through revelation of the Holy Spirit, and we go, why? And he goes, because, son. And he just keeps teaching us and providing for us and protecting us through the evidence of grace. Amen. Christ came to supply grace so that we would have unearned, unmerited favor and that we would understand that grace and be empowered from our lost, abandoned orphan estate, receiving a spirit of sonship, a spirit of adoption, and say, I now understand that through my daddy, through Jesus Christ, I am empowered to make these changes because I am self-sufficient through Christ's sufficiency. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm just confused. Well, then you got an authority problem. Most people, they don't want to take sonship as the purpose and meaning of their life because they're little rebels. Amen? I use Josiah as the greatest point of my other two. I would, No, actually Eli. I will use Eli because this will be more true. The one thing I'll say about Josiah and Alex, when I tell them to do something, they get it done. Amen? Where's Eli at? I'm going to pick on you, son. I love you. I'm, I love you. I love you. I love you. This is nothing personal. You do your chores. Yes. He's, like, he's defending himself. Don't you do. Don't you do. Dad, the price of being a pastor's son. I'm sorry. Your life is an open example for my preaching. All right. Thank you. He gave me the thumbs up. So, I, I will tell Alex, and Alex can attest to this, too, when he tries to tell Eli to do something. You tell Eli to do something, he be like, all right, Dad, I got it. do 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 And he's just dancing, you know, dances off and goes into his room. But two hours later, you go look at what you asked him to do, and uh, you walk in there and you go, son, did I not tell you to- Oh, yeah, I got that. do 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 it goes dancing again. Like the dance is a distraction, like it's a cobra chant. Shh. I'm wowed by your dancing. I've forgotten it. It's like a Jedi mind trick. Can I tell you that that does not work with God? Your lack of wanting to find your purpose and meaning in life all because you don't want to do it God's way is just like a rebellious child that knows the best way to do it is to listen to Dad, but you would rather do it your own way. And then when it all gets messed up, can I talk about the trash, Eli? When it all gets messed up, and and he's like, the trash is just, I set the bags around the trash can because it's too full. I go out there, I open the lid, and with a light push... The bag seems to go in. I've even tried to tempt Eli with $50, son. I'll give you $50 if you can get that bag in there. Can I tell you that that's exactly what God does with us? He he says, son, I want you to go this way. But dad, I can't. Yes, you can. Let me show you how. The next time we do it, he infuses us and empowers us with the gift of the Holy Spirit and shows us how it can be done and even tempts us with a little gift. Like speaking in tongues or a word of knowledge for us to know how to get it done. God is going to work with you like a father does with a son, not like a God that is going to slay his servants. That's called grace. He didn't, you know, if God was so weak that he needed my service to be able to fulfill his purpose, he's not a God I want to serve anyway. Can I explain that? The reality of this, and I'm taking my time because i got some time. I hope you all stick with me. I've really got to lay this out perfectly for the next few weeks of teaching. The reality is, is that, see, when, my, when I ask my sons to do chores like Josiah right now to not be on his phone while I'm preaching. <clears throat> Josiah, I'm asking you to not be on your phone while I'm preaching. <laughs> Isn't that how God talks to us sometimes? But anyway, with love. So I don't ask my children to do chores because I can't do the dishes. I don't ask my children to do chores because I can't take out the trash. Y'all need to pay attention to this one point right here. I don't ask my children to vacuum because I don't know how to vacuum. I ask them because they can't pay the bills that I've paid. So they can't show me a response of love through paying the bills. I, they, they can't do what I do. So instead of them creating a way to show me love, I create a way and an opportunity through their service, through their blessing of being my son, to serve in my house as an opportunity to show me love. Because I created that opportunity so that they would stop creating other ways to show me love. Amen? God created the way for you to serve in his house, not because he's not able to orchestrate or communicate his will through covenant. He created servanthood so that you could show his love to your brothers and sisters and as a reciprocation of worship back to him, not saying, see, Daddy, i done it, saying, see, Daddy, I love you, that's why I do it. Amen? When you'd realize that every action should be a re- receiving and a response to God's love. Because when, my, dad, when my, my, my kids need something, they cry, Daddy. Luther, were you ever told back in, uh, when you were growing up, don't ask God why? You ever told that? Yeah? Anybody ever told that? I was told that. Don't, ask, don't ever ask God questions and don't ask him why. It's just that's the way God wants it. Try raising kids that way. They will just be in a back and forth with you. Do it. Why? Do it. Why? Because I said so. Why? Because I said so. Why? Who are you? Why? It would just be a, but when you say, when you explain your love, when you explain the purpose of it, they do it without hesitation. There was a time in my house when we were going through a troubling time. I looked at Alex and I said, I just need your help right now. I explained the purpose of him doing chores and working with his brothers. And he was, he was not obligated, but out of his love for me, he did it. Your purpose is to realize that you are loved, in love, and show love. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, I can tell that not many people understand love. And this is my next point. But John three sixteen displays God's love. You don't have to put it up. A motivation of love from the Father gave us so that we can be free through love and freedom and understanding that we do not have to live a life of fear. God is saying to us, no more sacrifices. No more loss. No more lack. Let me be your daddy. Not me, Kyle David, but let God be your daddy. Let God provide for you is your purpose in life. That's the starting point. 1 John 3, 1 through 3, God reveals his ultimate purpose through sonship. Your ultimate purpose in this world is to have a revelation that you are a child of God, and I'm going to show you why. Amen? 1 John 3, 1 through 3. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given. I I just want to stop right there and just let's think about that for about 45 more minutes. Think about the quality of love the Father has given, showed and bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God as so we are, that the reason that the world does not know, recognize, or acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, or acknowledge Him. Verse 2, 3 and 2. Beloved, we are here and now God's children. It is not yet discovered, made clear to what shall be hereafter, but we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like Him, for we shall see Him just as He really is. Verse 3. And everyone who has this hope resting on Him cleanses, purifies Himself just as He is pure, chaste, undefined, guiltless. Go back to verse 1. Let's start with the first precept. The reason that the world does not recognize, acknowledge us is that they do not recognize or acknowledge Him. If your purpose is in how the recognition of the world comes to you and acknowledges you, it will shortly fade with your achievement. Amen? And you will keep chasing achievement after achievement after achievement after achievement. Does that mean we stop achieving? No. That just means we don't find our purpose in our achievements. We find our purpose in him. Amen? Seeing this incredible quality. Let's look at, so that's one. Let's look at the next thing. Go to verse two. It says, behold, we are even here and now God's children. In the first verse, go back to one, this manner of love... The Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. The only way we can ever get out of wrong believing and wrong living and messy thinking and not knowing our purpose is to return to our Creator and understand the quality of love that He has given us. Amen? 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 Amen. The purpose is to be His children. Amen? You know how prosperous that is. Pull out your wallet. Even if you got Capital One, is Capital One in your wallet, it's not a plug. Pull out your wallet and it is not sufficient for all of us. But be rest assured that Christ is sufficient. Amen and that he is sufficient in you. In his bank account, Philippians 4 and 19 says, he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Can I first tell you that the quality of love is not dependent on what's in your bank account or your heart account or your mind account? It's in who is God and what is he providing through his prosperous nature to give you everything that you need. You want to find prosperity? Stop trying to do it yourself put your purpose in God and let him provide amen now only parents are going to understand this next point and maybe some that still live with their mom and dad I look at my kids sometime playing Xbox and eating all my food and I just get plumb mad I do uh, they're a gift of God but they sure do eat and I said, praise God, I wish I could just do that all day long on a Saturday, just sit in front of a video game and eat food, and I'd probably get fat and ugly. But anyway, I, could, I just wish I could do that. The reason they can do that is because I provide a roof over their head. I provide the food in the refrigerator. So does Tina. We provide for them everything necessary to be comfortable. Can I tell you that Christ has done the same thing for you? If you would stop running from him supplying, trust fully on him. As children, we give our hearts to him, and it is through him that we can love others. Man, you ever met somebody unlovable? I wake up with myself every day. I know what it's like. Hallelujah. Tina married me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You ever woke up with somebody unlovable? You ever lived with somebody unlovable or just know that you're hard to deal with? Amen. Amen. Christ makes it possible to love the unlovable. Christ makes it possible that we as children can fulfill our love through others, walk unhindered in our purpose, and fulfill our mission on this earth, not because we're trying to compete with you as a person and as a consumer, but I am trying to fulfill with compassion our purpose on this world. So when I come and engage myself with you, it's not to just have partnership. It's to build brotherhood, sisterhood, family. The moment we move into competition in the house of God is the moment we've lost the reality of sonship. Anybody that knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Amen. Everybody's like, you're just saying some simple stuff that makes sense and sounds stupid at the same time. Yes, he found the full. But let's look. Let's look at this. Uh, Tina preaches well, right? What if I started getting insecure about her preaching, and she's my wife? I'd have marital problems, church problems, and personal problems all at one strike. Amen. So if you have somebody that you admire in this church and you're competing with them, stop competing with them. Have compassion for their purpose. Help them, encourage them in their purpose, and raise them up instead of thinking that you're their replacement. (laughs) Amen? Let me tell you something. If some little 16-year-old boy showed up in my house, sat on my son's bed, and said, I'm Alex's replacement, the police would have a big problem because he would be flying out of my house. You are, you understand that is not the heart of God. You are not here to replace somebody. You're here to encourage them in their purpose. Amen? I've been telling the volunteers, stop getting mad when somebody wants to help you. Ain't none of us getting paid anyway. There ain't nobody losing their job. Let's help one another. Let's make it easier on one another. Amen? We're doing this for the kingdom of God. Our ultimate purpose is to be imitators of God like children do amen one day I had three I, you know I still have three boys but one day one of my boys was walking around he was about six years old I'm not gonna give a name for his personal benefit was walking around in his mama high, his mama's high heels and I thought mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. and he was walking around all you know what I mean? That's what what are you doing? I'm just trying to see how mama walks in these things. I said, good, because if you wanted to start wearing them, me and you are going to have a long conversation. <laughs> Amen. But he was trying to figure out what's it like and how does mama do it. He wanted to imitate and be like his mama. And then in other times when I started going to the gym, Jojo would imitate being like me by putting people in rear naked chokes all the time, so much so that we had to go to the school and tell them to stop. And that's a very—it's a—it's a—it's a, 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 a jujitsu move that makes people pass out. So you could imagine the trouble I was having. But because JoJo hung out so much with me in the gym, he just wanted to be like his daddy. He didn't think nothing was wrong with just strangling folk, because his daddy did it. Why not me? That's why we don't imitate the world; we imitate God. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. This purpose involves an awesome, unbelievable future. It also involves your life right now. You don't become a child of God. You are a child of God. We Tina didn't give birth to Alex, and at twelve years old, we looked at him and said, You are now our son. The moment of conception with all his whas and whatever else, and can I tell you that whatever else was pretty stinky? With all his stuff inside of his package With all his stuff inside of his package Can I tell you God called us sons from the moment of our whiny ugliness? With all the stinky poo moments that Alex had we called him son Can I tell you God still loves you even if you've made a mistake this week? You haven't lost your purpose and your meaning just because you made a mistake That's not sonship Sonship is with all the good, the bad, and the ugly. I accept you just how you are, and I will, I will encourage you as a son to be better. God's not throwing you away because you make a mistake. If anything, God is rushing to your side saying, It's okay, we'll fix this mess together. Amen? So before you knew it or understood that you were a child of God, when you were down, you were out. But now when you're down, you're not out because you have a heavenly father, a daddy. In other words, you have hope. In the Bible, this hope means definite positive expectation of good. Because I have a daddy, I have definite positive expectation of good because I got a good daddy. Amen. And because I know the full personality of my daddy, I have a definite positive expectation of good. So being a son of God, a child of God is definite positive expectation of a glorious marriage. Being a child of God is definite positive expectation of having a glorious family. Being a child of God is definite positive expectation of having glorious health. Being a child of God is definite positive expectation of having a glorious life. Being a child of God means I have nothing missing, nothing broken, because there's nothing missing and nothing broken in my daddy. He doesn't have nothing that he withholds from me. He has everything that he gives to me, even his own son, Jesus Christ. He's willing to give me everything. He's willing to give his own son so that I can have the universe, not just the world. He's given us power to overcome come. He's given us purpose today. You have definite positive expectation of purpose. Your purpose is not your business. Your purpose is not your job title. Your purpose is not in your partner. Your purpose is the position you hold in the kingdom of God, and you are sons and daughters of God to be provided for, protected by God, because if God be for us, nothing can be against us. And if you will take the position of son, the position of daughter, you will find that everything else begins to line up. I help and feed the homeless because I'm a son showing sons that are lost to my daddy that he still loves them in their lost state I, I work on my job to make money not so that I can be rich but so that I can have money to sow into the kingdom so that others can come to the revelation and the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is my position is son so if you want to know your purpose and meaning if you're still walking out of here today saying, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do, then can I tell you, my friend, you need a revelation of love. The world has shown you its love in various ways. It's shown you love through take and take and take. And you feel shortchanged on every turn. But my Bible says that with God, you're never shortchanged. Amen? You need a revelation of love today because, see, if you knew how valued you are in the eyes of God, you would have full purpose and meaning. Your marriage would be sound. You would be the good husband that you want to be. You would be the good wife, the good partner, the good friend that you want to be because you're not pulling from your personal experiences to provide love. You're pulling from the presence of God, your daddy, in your life to show the love that you've been given by him. And when you show up on your job, you're not working for a paycheck. You're not working for your boss. The Bible says work as you work unto the Lord. I'm working for my daddy today. I'm I'm doing this for my daddy so that when I walk around on this job, fulfilling my assignment on on this job is a byproduct of what my daddy provided, which is this job. Amen? Stop putting your purpose inside of a place, a thing, or people. Put your purpose back in God. Put your purpose back in God. Because my friends, being a joint heir with Jesus Christ, hear me right here, right now. If you've heard nothing else, hear this last paragraph that we wrote down for this sermon. And I say we, that means me, the Holy Spirit, and my wife. My friends, being a joint heir with Jesus Christ, being a son of God, one that he calls dear children, is your main purpose in life. When you understand this, the meaning of this life begins to line up. So no bad circumstances that you are in can or will cause you to be destroyed or dismayed because you are a child of God. If there's anything I've driven home today... When bad things go wrong, when good things are happening, keep your focus on Jesus. Paul said in Philippians 4, 12, and 13, I know how to have and I know how to have not. It's not in the have or the have not. It's in the who is walking with you. And in the who is in my life, I find meaning. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day, and God bless.